This is going to be a series, part one of three, and it's titled A New You. So in this episode, we are starting uh, my own sharing of my own personal transformational journey from when I was a child. And the reason I'm sharing this is not for me or to entertain you. <laughs> this is specifically about how you can use my experiences to evolve yourself. As humans, one of the ways we learn is from other people, from watching their experiences. And so as I share my experiences in this lifetime of what led me to where I am today and where this is going, I invite you to apply this to your own life and see, first of all, how far you've come and also how you can use this to evolve yourself further. So welcome to another episode. Hello, visionaries. Welcome to Create Your Vibrant Life podcast, where you can create the life you desire by tapping into your inner wisdom. I'm your host, Padma Ali. I'm widely known in the field of psychology to create long-lasting transformation. And now I'm here to help you create the life you desire using a combination of neuropsychology and ancient healing practices. This podcast is for you, evolved, overachieving leader who's ready to unlock your highest potential. I'm here to guide you through a process of self-discovery to be the creator of your destiny. And you can do all of that by just taking aligned actions, tapping into the power of your brain, your inner wisdom and ancient practices. So stay tuned, folks. I am so delighted you are here. Hello, visionaries. How are you all today? You know, I debated a lot whether to share this information, this my own personal transformational journey with you all or not. The only reason is because it, this is not about me. What I share in my podcast and my content and the work I do is not about me. It is in service of you. And I really sat with, is this going to benefit you or is it just me sharing my experiences? So the conclusion, I sat in meditation for a long time about the, this stuff for many weeks, actually, to decide how best to share this, what would be most useful and helpful for you as a visionary, as the work you're doing in the world, because I know if you are listening to me, there is a big part of you that is in service of humanity, of this planet, and you're here to create expansion in other people's lives. I know that for a fact. So, I wanted to make sure that everything I share is actually going to be in service of you for that. So I decided to share my experiences because one of the things I know for sure is that every experience, every struggle, everything you have had in your life has led you to where you are today and the same is with me. And 
when I share my experiences, it is probably going to spark something in you that is going to help you look at your life differently and see how best you can utilize that information for the betterment of the people that you serve. And so take this from that perspective. And my invitation to you is to look at your life from a hawk's perspective, looking at everything as how is this serving me to grow? What is this experience teaching me? What is making me go through this right now if you're struggling with things in your life at this moment? And if there's a part of you that is stuck in the past about why you went through this or or you're still kind of working through some things from your past, I invite you to look at the same, you use the same approach for that. In my humble opinion, there are no mistakes in life. There are no failures. Nothing we go through can be classified as a failure or a mistake. It is only experiences that lead to growth, that lead to learning. Because through our experiences is how we learn. Think about you walking, taking your first step. How many times did you fall down? How many times did you walk wobbly before you got sure-footed? Would you call all those things a failure or mistakes? Or did it all lead to you being upright in your life right now without you even thinking about it? You walk these days without even thinking about it. And that is what I would invite you to look at your life experiences as things that you have labeled as difficult, as hard, as, as failures, as mistakes. No experience in your life is a mistake. It's all led you to where you are today. The important thing is to set the intention to learn from those experiences so that you don't keep repeating them because the universe is notorious for that. Till you learn something, it's going to keep giving you the same lesson over and over and over again because the universe is a benevolent universe. It's always reflecting and showing us what is possible. When I say universe, I'm talking about universal consciousness, which is always, which always has this guiding, invisible guiding force that is leading you to where you're going every step of the way. Look back in your life. Look back at everything you've been through. Look back at it from a place of connecting the dots, connecting how each experience, each life event led you to where you are today. You wouldn't be who you are today without those experiences. So honor them for that reason, not dwell in the past Even when I'm sharing my past experiences, it is not about dwelling in the past. It is about utilizing that in the present moment because the present moment is all that you have. Your present moment is going to dictate your future. So be in the present moment. And this other thing that I have noticed is that as humans, we shy away from pain 
we are scared of pain. We're scared of rejection. We're scared of going through pain because it feels like it is never going to stop. Pain is welcome. In my life, I welcome pain. I'm not inviting it. I'm welcoming it. Because when I feel pain, I know that something is not feeling right to me. Something is not sitting well with me. And that's why I'm feeling the pain. So pain, whether it is emotional pain or physical pain, is always telling you something. So pay attention to your pain because it is an opportunity for freedom. Start looking at pain and struggle in a new way because when you listen to my life history, you will notice there's a lot of struggle and I chose to be in struggle mode for a long time. Now I pick and choose my struggles. I still struggle because it's part of my design to struggle. Mine specifically, not yours. I'm talking about me specifically as my human design, which is a specific profile. I'll go into that. I really invite you to look at your human design. We'll come to it in a second. In, I mean, in this episode. But the place I want you to look at is anytime you have pain in your current moment or in the past, look at it as what is this teaching me? What is it that I'm here to learn? How can I use this pain to grow further? And as I talk about my experiences, I will tie in how I found my path through all those meanderings, but every meandering had a purpose. And I invite you to look at it again from that place. Once again, I want to reiterate, this is not about me. This is for you. See how you can apply this to your own life. Apply the nuggets and see what you see as similarity. What are things that you're taking away for your own self? How are you connecting your own dots in your own life? And the way I've divided up these, um, these specific series is I've divided up into pivotal moments in my life. So the first part today, today, what we're, I'm going to, I'm going to be sharing with you is from zero to 20, because that was very significant. And then next week, our next episode is going to be from 20 to 33, which was another very significant time period. And then 33 onwards is the third part. And I want you to look at your life again from that place, like divide it up into those pivotal moments where it felt like life shifted and changed for you, or you made that change happen. That's a better way to put it because we're always co-creating with the universe. The universe is always helping us work together to create whatever we have in our life. And as you look at your own life history and dividing it up into these different categories, start to look at what did, what, what did you learn from those pivotal times in your life? All right, so let me share a little bit about what I remember. I have to say, you know, in, I, in the past is quite blurry to me because I don't live in the past. I never, that was one of the gifts 
you could say I've had because I never, I have never known to dwell in the past. I've never known to kind of go back to the past to see what I did wrong and why did I do that? And I don't carry a shame, guilt, nothing. Like I just move on. I learn and I move on. And I realize that not everyone is like that. So if you find yourself getting stuck in certain aspects of your life from the past, it is an in, it, it's an opportunity to pause and see why is there a bookmark on this particular time period in your life because there's a reason it is there. For instance, for somebody, it might be that there's something unresolved. For another person, it might be because they're meant to share that experience with the people that they serve, that the people that they work with, or for the betterment of humanity in some ways. So start to look at why asking yourself the question of hmm, what is causing there to be a bookmark at this particular time frame in my life? Is there anything that is still undone from that time? So that's how I want you to take a look at that. Okay. So from the time I remember, like meaning conscious, consciously remember my life, I felt different. I felt, and you may, you may actually relate to that because if you're attracted to my podcast, there's, some, there's something in you that feels like I don't belong. I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm, 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 I'm like other people is what I've often heard my clients say and people who have responded to my podcast. So I felt very different. I felt like something was, I didn't feel like I fit in, I belonged. And I grew up in India. I was born in India and I grew up, I mean, I spent my first, the first 20 years of my life in India. So growing up in that culture, one of the things I noticed was there was a lot of requirement. This is back very, very long time ago. Things have changed significantly. There was, some, there, was a, there was a requirement or I felt like I needed to fit in. I needed to be part of the collective. And I just did not fit in. I didn't feel like I fit in in the outside world. I didn't feel like I fit in in my family. I felt so different. I couldn't pinpoint why. Now I know. But again, you know, like when we look back at our life, when we connect the dots is when it everything starts to make sense. But in that moment, nothing makes sense. And as a child, we don't have the cognitive comprehension to understand what's happening. So what we do as children, is formulate stories that fit into our model of reality. So I formulated stories like, people don't like me, I need to work hard, to, to, I need to people please, to belong, I need to do everything that I'm expected to do to be the good girl, and I failed miserably because there's some part of me that kept rebelling against it. Thank goodness. So I would rebel. So it was almost like I felt like two, two different separate, what's the word? I felt very polarized within me. Like I would try 
to conform, to people please, to, to do everything that was expected of me at home and outside. And then I would completely rebel and revolt and do things that caused a lot of turmoil, in my opinion, or in my interpretation, I should say, to my family, because they were like, who the heck is this kid and what is she doing? And it's so interesting that the universe has given me a child who is exactly like that. My daughter is very, very, very similar to that, not in terms of people pleasing, because I don't entertain that with her and she's allowed to be herself. But the sense of like that, I am going to do what feels right to me. Very strong, strong sense of self she has. But it was a it was a struggle for me because I constantly felt polarized within. So I could not figure out what to do that would be best for me. Obviously, I didn't have the comprehension, cognitive, emotional, or physical comprehension of what was happening. So I kept oscillating between these two realms. And what that resulted in was anxiety, severe anxiety, and kind of this feeling like, um, I remember for the longest time I feel, and I think back on my past, I remember waking up with anxiety, feeling anxious, not knowing what I'm here for why am I here questioning? I remember having my first, you know, very kid-like way of saying, how do I exit this planet at five years old? That's how old my daughter is. My, my, my son was, he's eight now. And I mean, I can't even imagine like them thinking along those terms. I must have not understood. Like, I was like, why am I here? Like, I would always ask that question. Like, why am I on this planet? And I wanted to exit, which means like in a very five-year-old way, I would be like, how do I end this, this, this life? And couldn't understand anything about life or what it means. And I'd be like, okay, maybe I should just hold my breath or I will do these silly things as a child thinking that would be, okay, this would be it. And I would, I would, (laughs) I would use these very, um, these, these blunt, objects and I'd be like if I just held it tight enough maybe I will I will die right and then it was it was very I still remember those experiences and I don't call them suicidal thoughts they were just thoughts of like I don't know why I'm on this planet I don't think this is my home like that's how it would feel like to me and obviously I'm still here (laughs) I'm still meant to be here. So, and it wasn't, there was no life events that have happened that meant that felt like I needed to end my life. It was just a sense of, I feel like an alien on this planet. And I spent a long time feeling that way. I don't anymore. I feel, and now I know my purpose. I know why I'm here. So everything has started to make sense. But in those times, it was like, huh. So odd that I'm on this strange place and it doesn't feel like home. And that continued for a long time, well into my, like, until I was 10 and 11, and then began the crazy teenage angst that started. And also at that time, something very significant happened, which was 
So until the age of 10 or 11, I can't remember specifically, we were living away from the extended family. So in India, if you have had any experience with India, it's a very weak culture, which means joint families are a norm or used to be a norm. What that means is uncles, aunts, grandparents all live together under one roof. It was part of the culture. And in in a very um, non, what is that? What's the word I'm looking for? It has a lot of advantages if it is done right. I mean, imagine, right? Like having multiple adults taking care of the kids and there's just a sense of flow and ease and people helping each other and this cohesive system that is created in a family. But that was never the case, at, le- at least not the, not the ones that I remember. So till the age of 10 or 11, and I, we moved around a lot because of my dad's job, and which was a blessing for me because all those life experiences I had going from one place to another. Again, if you've been to India, like every state is like a different country. Like the food is different. The clothes are different. Every language is different. It's like a different country. So I got exposed to a lot of amazing things. And that also meant we lived away from the extended family, which was fabulous because my mom was then herself and she could really be who she wanted to be with us and with herself. And she was a stay-at-home mom. So she gave us a lot of time and attention. Then around the age of 11, when my hormones were starting to pre preteen hormones were starting to kick in, we moved back to our hometown, which is where my grandparents lived. And so we all lived together, which meant there was extra pressure on my mom to conform to those societal norms that she had very you know, beautifully being able to step away from for some time. When she started feeling the pressure, I started feeling the pressure because I'm also an empath. By nature, I was an empath, which was part of why it was so hard for me in India, especially with watching the poverty and all that. Like I could just feel everything. So it it, it was very difficult. First, I was picking up on her feelings and then as she felt the pressure build up about how she was supposed to raise the kids and what she was supposed to do, it translated into expectations from me to conform even more. And guess what I did? I rebelled even more. Rebelled and rebelled and rebelled, causing so much turmoil within myself and within the family. And there was so much chaos that all I can remember is chaos, 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 which affected me even more meaning I got more anxious, more depressed, more rebellious, and tried to conform. The cycle continued for a long time. Now add in teenage hormones of wanting to conform to not not conform, teenage hormones of like boys and all that, which is like a big no-no when I was growing up in India. I'm sure it's changed somewhat. I don't know. I haven't been there in two and a half decades and I don't, I'm glad (laughs) there's a reason I don't live there anymore. So there was so much expectations and yet there was this part of me that wanted to explore dating and boys and all that, which was a complete disaster. I assume no matter where you grew up, some of these 
experiencers are universal. However, I want you to again apply and see what did you learn from those experiences. I learned big time be myself. And that is what I learned, have learned to do these days. I do not care what people think about me. I do what feels right to me. I live by my own codes of conduct within myself. And my goal is to serve. And that has become my, my North Star. So I don't care what people think of me or what I do and how that might, that might be perceived by another person. That was my biggest learning from my childhood, which is like, stop conforming, just be you. There are going to be people who will like you. There are going to be people who won't like you. And it does not matter. Now, during this time, the other piece that was starting to really emerge was spirituality. Now, because I was in so much turmoil, I started to seek solace in spirituality. Which, again, the reason I'm bringing that up is because through pain comes openings. For me, the opening came in the form of spirituality. So it started to really open up doors for me in amazing ways. My first experience with spirituality being an anchor for me was when I was 10 years old. And my mom had this book called um, Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda. And it was, a, and obviously I was very much into reading. So I just picked up that book and her book, the book she gave me was, was something she had, someone had given it to her when she was pregnant with me. And she says she remembers reading it during her pregnancy. And I don't know, something about the book really sucked me in and I would just read and read and read. I don't think I really understood or comprehended what exactly was written, at least consciously, but something in my being, my soul really absorbed that information. And I just loved it so much. And again, I started to find um, connections within me to find some anchor. It, It took a long time to find the anchor, but it started that journey. And then I remember like in my teens, when I was really struggling with a lot of different things, I would turn to what I knew as spirituality, which was just exposure to meditation and prayer. And I I grew up Hindu, um, following the Hindu religion. I don't practice any of those things anymore. I'm more a spiritualist, more more than following any specific religion. That I started to kind of it, it opened, started to open some doors around finding anchor. And like I said, you know, it took a long time to really find that anchor. And I'm going to talk more about that in the episodes to come in this series. But it was really interesting to start to put the pieces together when I was, when I was thinking about this episode and really connecting all the dots for my own self. And 
you know, despite feeling like I didn't belong and I didn't, I didn't feel like I was understood or like I, you know, like all those things, all the angst that really brought out the anxiety in me, I do remember learning some very big habits that have still continued to serve me. And one of them was discipline. My dad was a very disciplined person. Like I remember, like he would just wake up at a certain time and he had all these things that he would do like yoga and prayer. And like he had a lot of specific things that he would do. And he taught me discipline. And he taught me not to live from circumstances. What I mean is not to let circumstances dictate if I was going to do something or not. Like whether he was tired, whether he was sick, whether it didn't matter. He had all these things that he would just do. And I follow that to a T. Like I don't let life circumstances dictate whether or not I, I do some things uh, whether I finish what I, whether I finish my commitments, like for an instance, you know, I'm stumbling with my words today because I didn't sleep very much last night. My husband is traveling and the kids, one of my, one of my children kept waking up multiple times at night. So I barely, barely got any sleep, but the podcast is to be released and there are people waiting to hear. And so I am committed and I will do it whether I'm tired or not. So these kinds of discipline really have helped me live my life today without being caught up with circumstances, because if you can keep getting caught up with the circumstances, you're going to be like a bag in the wind waiting for what is for whether it's convenient to do things or you would base your life based on convenience and convenience doesn't get you anywhere. And the other thing I also, when I reflect back, I learned was how much energy gets spent in anxiety and fear and doubt and how, how I used to expend so much energy doing that. And so even now, when these old patterns surface up, you've heard me talk about this, these old patterns don't necessarily die out. They just kind of, kind of are in the background and you get to choose whether to bring them to the forefront or not, that that lesson of not expending energy has been valuable to me. And the other piece that I was, that's been very interesting to learn about, again, connecting the dots. Now that I know my human design, if you don't know what your, what your human design is, you're welcome to just Google it. It's just called human design. And there are four different types, predominant types of human design. And you get to see what is your design. Again, I use all of these more as a template. It is not set in stone. I am always the co-creator of my life. And no template can tell me what I can and cannot be or can and cannot do. So, but it's given me some understanding of who I am and how to respond to the world. So 
in my human design, I'm a projector. I'm a splenic projector, which means that I, I, intuition is my biggest gift. And within that, there's something called a profile. And my profile is called the 3-5 profile, which is all about pretty much trial and error. I learn by doing different things and trying out different things. And from that experience, I bring it to the world. So a lot of my life experiences may have looked like kind of like up and down to people looking in, or it would have looked like I failed and then I'm getting up and trying different things. And I thought that about myself too, until I learned about my human design. Now I'm like, oh, this is my life theme. This is what I do. I experience life by doing different things and then... I come back to bringing that experience to the world. So it's very revealing to me, like how much I boxed myself in saying, oh my God, like you always struggle. Life is hard. Life was never hard. I made it to be hard. And my interpretation was that life was hard, but it wasn't. So it really gave me a sense of who I truly am. Have I fully discovered who I truly am? No, it's a journey. I'm still on that path. So as I wrap up this phase of my transformational journey, I am inviting you to look at what are you taking away from your own story of your life? What have you learned about yourself as a result of your experiences? And the more you know yourself, the more you can be you in the world. And that is what these experiences teach you. I rarely, rarely look to my past other than to see how far I've come and I invite you to do the same. And in the next phase, next episode, I'm going to be talking about my next phase of evolution from 20 to 33, which was pivotal for my growth and extremely, extremely helpful in setting the stage for where I am today. So stay tuned for that. And as always, I am forever grateful that you are part of my life and being a part of this journey is sharing this experience with you. And I would love to hear your own takeaways from this episode and specifically what dots are you connecting about your own life. So I invite you to share that with me on Instagram at Padma Ali or send me an email I always love hearing from you. So you can email me at support at padmaali.com and my team will pass it on to me. And more than anything, I'm so grateful that, that this is of value to you. And if it's of value to you, please leave a positive review and share this with your friends and family. Thank you so much once again. And I will see you in the next episode.